Alleluia! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia! Would you please be seated? Since you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. It is so easy to miss these words. In our brief, in our brief uh, first reading today, a reading from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Our attention is drawn quite rightly to the dramatic reading from John's Gospel. Mary Magdalene discovering the empty tomb early that first Easter morning and her mysterious encounter with the risen Christ. But I want to focus today on our little Colossians reading in addition to the Gospel because it is astonishing if we think about it. Since you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Notice that St. Paul does not say, since you will be raised with Christ, that is, after your death, but rather, you have been raised. It has in some sense, already happened. And when, when were we raised with Christ? At our baptism. As he writes a chapter earlier in the letter, when you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. The problem with the Colossian Christians, the reason St. Paul felt that he had to write them, was that some of them were insisting that believers had to follow a bunch of extra obscure rules to obtain access to God. No, no, St. Paul says, you don't get it. Because of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and your baptism into Christ, you have been raised. You have access to God. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you already. The question is what you do with that awesome realization, how you live with it. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and his resurrection from the dead bring us new life, not only after our own death, but right now. Yes, when we die, we will be with God, and eventually we will be resurrected as Christ was. That promise gives us great comfort as we think of our own mortality and of our loved ones who have preceded us in death. But we also experience the presence of the risen Christ right now in our earthly lives. Like Jesus' appearance to Mary Magdalene that first Easter morning, he is right here with us in word and sacrament if only we have eyes of faith 
to see him. And so our first step this morning is to give God thanks for raising us with Christ, both in our baptism and after our death. Our second step, knowing that we have been and will be raised, is to seek the things that are above. Now, I don't know about you, but I am tired in my heart of the ways of this world sometimes. When I read or watch the news, when I look at my social media feeds and at blogs, I so often feel weary and sad with how we treat each other in this world, and especially when we disagree. Somewhere along the line, our national differences of opinion hardened into disdain and disgust for one another. The fault line is largely political, but it involves so much more. Complex intersections of class, race, culture, geography, history, and technology. The days of respectful disagreement, of acting neighborly towards each other, of seeking common ground and common sense solutions, of assuming the best and not the worst of those with whom we disagree, those days seem in so many ways to have passed. In our country, we are too often stuck in a zero-sum, absolutist, fearful mob mentality that increasingly cannot see the face of Christ in those who are different and those who hold different views. As Christians, as Easter people, we have a responsibility to seek the things that are above, living with a new set of values centered on Christ and his ways. All too often, we live as if we have not been raised, and we contribute to the bitterness of our world. As Gandhi so famously said, I like your Christ, I do not like your Christians. Your Christians, he said, are so unlike your Christ. Whatever our stance on a particular issue, as Christians we can do much better at emulating our Christ and seeing the Christ in each other. Have you ever made the cooking mistake of adding salt to a dessert batter instead of sugar? Anyone? I've learned the hard way, and I bet you have too. There's no fixing it. <laughs> it's true. No matter how much extra sugar you add in to cover up the salt, the saltiness is still there. Now it may be that the bitterness in our communities and our country 
is beyond sweetening and needs a miracle. But our God is in the miracle business. God's specialty is bringing new life out of death in the most surprising of ways. In the book of Exodus, there is a great story about the Israelites after God had saved them at the Red Sea. They travel for three days without water, and instead of trusting in God, they complained. Desperate for water, they came to a place called Mara, which had water, but to their dismay, the water was bitter, and they could not drink it. Then God told Moses to put a piece of wood into the water. He did, and it became sweet to taste, and they drank it joyfully. It is well within God's power to make the bitter sweet. God did this with the wood in the waters of Marah. God did this with the wood of the cross, which seemed a bitter thing, but became sweet in the resurrection. God can use us to make our world sweeter and better, more like the kingdom of God, if we seek the things that are above. And what are the things that are above? Well, later in Colossians, St. Paul tells us, quote, As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, Forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Unquote. That's it. That's it. How simple it is to understand, but how very hard to do. To live our lives seeking what is above, as children of the resurrection, means to practice compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It means forgiving each other when we disagree, and when we harm each other. It means being thankful for our blessings. And above all, it means loving each other, even when we don't want to. Does this seem naive to you? Old-fashioned? No. In our day and age, it is countercultural. And revolutionary. When Mary Magdalene realized that the man she thought was a gardener was actually the risen Christ, her first instinct was to grasp him. 
but Christ urged her to let go of her old notions, what had been, and anticipate his ascension. He would soon be going up, and the calling of his followers would be to leave behind the dark and deadly ways of the world and set their sights above on God's ways, not human ways. This Easter day, we celebrate again the most important event in human history. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died on the cross, was raised from the dead to give us forgiveness of our sins and eternal life both now and after death. May God give us grace in this holy season to live as Easter people, confident in the life to come and committed to doing our part in our churches, families, workplaces, and communities to treat others with genuine sacrificial love, especially those who are most different from us. May we do so with joy and with gratitude. For with Christ, we too have been raised. Since we have been raised with Christ, let us seek the things that are above. Alleluia. Amen. Oh,